What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. My name is Adam. I am your host. So on today's episode, I'm going to be talking about some of the innovations and changes we're seeing in the sports card market right now. And I think there are a few that I found pretty interesting that I'm still doing research on. So if I get any of these facts incorrect, like the fact the other day that I thought that tops and I thought that DraftKings and FanDuel had way more followers on Instagram than they do. That was on that's a hand up that was on me. I got that one wrong. But if I get any of this other information wrong, I I apologize and I think that you know, I I, I don't know. I I'm just I'm still learning about this type of stuff. So the first one, we've got three probably, I think. So we've got we've got a a museum uh wax museum podcast posted a thing that uh, Probstein apparently was selling a a card that ha- was like some some guy made a like sticker that was an authentication sticker so that was pretty strange the other one was the IPO and then the third one is the grading the PSA grading so let's also you know I'll go actually I'm going to go in reverse order and I'm going to start with the grading and then I'm going to go grading uh then cuz the, the two grading parts are kind of similar so I I don't think I discussed this PSA the prices went up I've mentioned it on a couple different podcasts that the pricing went up a little bit, but I haven't really given my full thoughts. And I mean, my main thought is that it's a good thing. I think, sure, if you are grading as a business, that's it's not a good thing. If you are, I mean, if you're if you're a if you're a group breaker, I don't think, or I mean, not group breaker. If you're a group submitter, I don't think it really affects you that much. I'm sure you're going to. You you probably will have some people not send as many cards in, but you're it's, it's it's so my thoughts on it were basically like if I'm PSA, would I want to grade a million cards for five hundred thousand dollars, or would I rather grade five hundred thousand cards for five hundred thousand dollars? I get I look at it that way, and I think PSA. I think I've, I should I I must have talked about this in the past. Grading should be. Like more expensive, and I, I don't I don't mean to speak this into the universe because I understand that people who are people who buy raw and grade don't want this to happen because a lot that's where a lot of their margins are going. But it used to be that you could if sure if you were willing to wait six eight months or whatever you could get a card graded for ten dollars. You could send in how you could send in ten cards for a hundred dollars and get them graded. Now I think you probably would have some upcharges with the declared value of the which I don't necessarily like I, I wish the declared value was at the beginning of the thing a beginning of the process like and I understand it's I no I wish that I wish that there was a date associated with what the PSA 10s were going to be for the grading or whatever uh when they got sent in when the card is going to get graded that's when that should be the cutoff date for the upcharges for what it should cost if, like, hypoth- the um, the declared value or whatever. So now, now it's more expensive, but like you are, you're still, you could, and now it's more more expensive because they they up they up the prices again. So this is the second time this year we've seen an uptick in the prices. So even for the second time, I still believe that there should be, it should be a little bit, it should be. PSA can continue to do can, can basically continue to do whatever they want until they get to a point where they feel like 
because I think it's it's all it's all about business because if if their prices are twenty dollars for uh, twenty days or whatever, these are numbers that are changed. But if it's twenty dollars for twenty days, if they have a million cards and they have to hire, I don't know. Let's say if they have to hire fifty graders, and I don't know what they're being what the graders are being paid. I'm just making up numbers. If the if the graders and I know that the numbers aren't all going to work out or make sense, but I'm just kind of using a broad broad brush on this example. So let's just say that there's 50 graders and they all get paid $50,000 a year. That costs money for the, the company. But if they can if they can have 30 graders and charge more for charge more and have let people send in less cards, I think that also I think that also helps with what the value of because I think that's kind of the main point is that PSA is looking at what they're doing as a service and literally you're paying them you're you're paying them to make your thing more valuable whether that's a a card or a signature thing or a magazine you're paying them you're and if it's going from a, if it's going from raw to a 10 sometimes that's a 20x return if you're depending on when you bought the card so that's why I think you, you probably are going to continue to see, and I think they're going to do it slowly based off of how they've done it so far. I don't think they're going to – I don't think it's going to go to like $100 or $200 right off – just right away. I don't think I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think based off of what they've done so far, it's going to be a slow burn until they get to a point where they feel like – they feel like the amount of grading they're doing is – I think they're probably going to get to a point where group submissions aren't necessarily as popular because that's another and that's another way that I understand that people make money doing this but if you're PSA I I, I don't know. I think I think if I if I were PSA I wouldn't want group submitters but obviously for the hobby group submitters are how people save a ton of money. So it's 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 a and it's also probably how PSA makes a ton of money because without the group submitters, they're they're probably not get. I don't know what the percentage of grading there is based off of group submitters. Like I I think it's got to be in the fifty to 60 percent of the. No, it's probably like sixty five to seventy percent of the total cards graded by PSA and Beckett are coming through group submitters. If I if. You know, I'm I'm not 100 percent sure there, but if I'm making an assumption, that's probably what I would put the number on. So that's why we're gonna see probably continuing prices go up every six months or every whatever. We're gonna get to the point where PSA feels like they can. I guess the, PSA can. They don't have to worry about having a whole thing of backlog, and I think it's gonna basically get to the point until. A twenty day submission actually takes twenty days. Like because right now, if you send in a twenty day submission, it's probably between two and a half to three months that you're actually getting it back. It's probably actually turning into like a forty to sixty day submission, realistically. Uh probably no, like sixty to sixty five day submission for to for like realistically, that's probably what you're gonna be getting on on those on those submissions, and they're probably going to continue to up uptick, uptick in prices until it gets to the point where a twenty day is a twenty day, and there's no there's no backlog or anything like that. So that gets me into my second point. So Wax Museum podcast, they posted a thing that Probstein. Um, I'm actually going to pull up the post just so I can take a look at it. So let's see, Wax 
because this was I didn't I didn't even see this. This is a pretty good post. Uh, it was so. Let's see. So some somebody I don't know. It's Mike Baker. I don't know if he Mike Baker authentic authenticated. Which there's a bunch of misspellings on the label, which is pretty wild. Uh, if you're gonna be doing this, like. And you're saying you have 30 years of technical experience and you're trying 10-point inspection. It's like, dude, you didn't even proofread the thing that you put with the card. Like, And I'm not here to say, hey, make you need to be perfect the first time. And especially coming from me, who is one of the worst spellers and one of the worst just people with grammar uh, that that I know in the in the in the content industry. But like if you're if you're trying to if basically if you're trying to say that you, what you're saying is valid, not valid, but if you're if you're trying to say this was already graded by somebody but now here's another grade that I'm giving it, you, I just think you got to be you got to be careful, more careful there. But either way, so there there's a it's a MBA which is the Mike Baker authentication gold diamond, which I'm assuming is probably a a 10 for him I don't or them I don't know what the exactly what it is but this is another thing that PSA doesn't want to see they don't want they don't want th- third parties coming in again and then g- telling the PSA that their card isn't a 10 or and, but I think that's what's going that's what's going to happen and I think PSA doesn't want that to happen necessarily so I just think that I've talked about this specific example in the past. I think there's going – I thought there was going to be a company, and I, I have to maybe look back. Maybe it was the last time that I talked about grading. But there's going to be a company that grades the grades. It just is a fact. With the amount of 2018, 2019 – like I was listening to I think the Card Talk pod, and they were saying that Zion is already above Luca in PSA 10s. So – that's not that like that's not good with with the card that if you are new into the basketball market the prism card is the one that you are told to buy and if you're buying a PSA 10 not every PSA 10 is is made the same and that's an issue for PSA that's an issue for people buying the card like and it's not the difference between an old uh an old label or a new label it's like literally there are lucas that are in much better shape as a 10 than other Lucas because there's some that are off centered. I mean, there's just we've also seen kind of every time a big card sells that's like a PSA 10, people will zoom in or whatever and they'll say, well, why did that get a 10 or whatever? And I'm not here to say, like, I'm sure a picture, there's weird stuff that can happen with any picture that you're taking of a card. So I'm not here to, I, I mean, I can't say one way or the other in most cases which card should or shouldn't shouldn't have the grade. But this is what I talked about. I think that with the amount of 10s there are, this is an example of a company grading the grade. And I just think I think that honestly if PSA were to do it, I think that PSA should do a I think PSA should maybe jump on this before because this is another issue that they probably have had with the grading being a little bit cheaper is the amount of cards they have to go through in a day is probably pretty high. They're probably required to, and I don't know what the requirement would be, but I'm assuming it's got to be pretty high based off of 
the fact that they're still able to get these grades out and how many cards are getting sent in to get graded, I'm assuming that there that there's got to be there's got to be a ton of grading that's going on. So what ends up happening is that if you have to grade 100 cards and you're on the 95th, you're just if I were a grader and I think that if I if I actually became a grader, I wouldn't do this, but in my head <clears throat> just based off of Anybody, anybody working, it's like, sure, maybe you could love grading as much as you could love it, but you're, if you're trying to tell me that you you can grade cards objectively every single time exactly the same, I just don't think with it because it's a human, because not, not because I'm trying to rag on anybody, but because we're human beings and that's just not how our, that's just not how we work. Like there's times where I'm in bad moods or there's times when other people are in bad moods and it's not even like, it's not even it's not even like that's uncommon. Like that's, that's kind of the crazy part. So I just think that there it was bound to happen, and I think that this is the first step in what I think is going to become almost like another industry is a, a company, like maybe not maybe this person, maybe not this person, maybe some other company is going to come along, and they're going to start grading the PSA 10s just, from, just for the simple fact that not all of them can be 10. Like, with the amount that there are, they can't all be 10s. Like, you can't ha- Like, I think Luca has, like, a 80% gem rate or something like that. No, no, no. Actually, I think it's more... I think it's, like, 60. I'm pretty sure. But either way, that's still... It's, like, if I'm PSA, I don't want... E- also, that's the other thing. I don't necessarily want every card to get a 10 if I'm PSA. Sure, the brand equity of getting a 10 is great, but... They see what's going on. Like if they get a Luca card, they get it. If they get it, they're looking at it. All they have to do is say it's a ten and it's a eleven hundred dollar card, or they say it's a nine and it's like a four, three or four hundred dollar card, or they say it's an eight and it's like a two hundred dollar card. I mean, look, they have so much power that I don't necessarily even think that they they want because obviously they they grade the cards and that's their business. But if you look at if you look at the money that they make off of that, they're not making any of this secondary money that they're that they're getting from these cards. That they're getting from giving a card a PSA 10. They only get the money for the grading. So I just think that it, ways that people are making money are going to... It's similar to the last podcast where I talked about things getting harder. It's just going to get harder if you are... If there's, some, if there's a way to make money and you're going through a company to make that money... That company doesn't want you making the money. They want to make the money themselves. So it's probably going to get a little bit harder in the future. Like with PSA, I think the price are going to go up. I think they're going to get harder on grading. So I just think that those things are basically the main reasons why I think grading itself is is great. But I still think that we're going to see we're going to see prices continue to go up. And the last. Not really. I guess this this would be an innovation, and I I don't know if I've talked about this, and I actually I'm still doing research on it, and I'm still learning about the industry a little bit more. But it is the the IPO of sports cards. So uh, companies like Rally have done this. There is a company specifically called Collectible that I I forget. I think it was um uh. It was. It, it, hold on. Actually, let me just go to Twitter and see if I can find it. Because there, there's a guy on Twitter who does a phenomenal job and actually is one of the best, probably one of the best 
reporters on sports card news in the industry, in my opinion, because I that's it's where I actually get a lot of uh sports sports collector. So he he reports on a ton of sports card stuff. Sports card sports collector daily is the website. It's it's one of the best um one of the one, in my opinion one of the best places to get sports card news it's where i actually get a lot of my content so or not a lot but i get most some some content from him or her i don't know who runs it sorry but i get some content from them and they posted about the uh collectible was putting up the uh 1980 the 1981 tops Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Dr. J card, PSA 10. There's only 24 of them. So Collectible put this card up at $80 a share. And I think there should be some shares left. And I think it's, I mean, it's one of probably the bigger innovations I've seen in sports cards just from the simple fact that, like, you're not, you're not buying the card itself. You're buying a share of the card, which... I think it, you know, I, I, I guess it's interesting. The thing that's interesting to me is that, like, and I don't know how similar this is to, like, the stock market where you're buying shares of stock because the the only reason, with, the, with their, with the thing that's kind of interesting about this is that with the, with there only being 24 of this card, I guess, I, I don't know exactly where, the money can be made with the IPO. Like, I I understand that they bought the... So the th- here's the thing. They bought... The collectible bought the card, and they're putting it up for the $80 a share. There's only 24, so, you know, if the if the card hypothetically sells, if... I, and I, I don't know the actual price, but if... Uh, I'm just trying to think, like, it, I'd say it's got to be... Let's just say it's a hundred thousand dollars. I don't know what the actual price is, but if it's a hundred thousand dollars and you bought eighty dollars for a share, and then the card, the card sells for two hundred thousand dollars in six months from now, I guess does that? Do, I, I'm not sure how it exactly works. Does does the share go up to one hundred and sixty dollars? Like that's maybe what I guess would happen, but the only problem is I don't see, like if if hypothetically then when that happens everybody cashes out. How do they? Where does that money come from? From from there, from them. Um. And it, I actually, yeah, I don't know. Actually, I mean, I guess maybe, maybe it's not. Maybe once they put up the, the shares, if someone someone would have to buy the share, I guess that would make that would probably be where the money's coming from. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, but it just, I think it's. I think it's a good way for people to get into vintage. I think vintage is probably going to be the only way that this works. Like, there's no way that you could do this with modern because there's no point. Like, with with if you, there's no way they would be able to IPO like a Luca card. Like, they could maybe do it with like a low numbered NT card. Like, if they if they somehow got the one of one Luca NT logo man RPA, that could be that might be an example of of a modern card that they IPO but with that card that card too how how would you gauge i guess it, it must be some sort of algorithm where they say if like let's say that card like let's go back to the other card that they're actually IP, the actual shares in the IPO is the the 1981 tops Larry Bird Magic Johnson Dr. J card they're probably saying 
even if that card itself doesn't sell anywhere in the market, if a PSA 9... So they must have some sort of algorithm that says if a PSA 9 is worth X, the PSA 8 is worth Y, that means the PSA 10 is worth whatever their algorithm says that it's worth. So that would then, I guess, would make the shares themselves go up. So it's like I said, it's still something that I'm learning more about, and I think it's something to look into if you are, if you're looking to get into sports cards. If you're looking to buy some vintage stuff and you're looking to have that protection, I think that might be an interesting way to go. Like, sure, you know, sure, you're not, you're not um, buying. I don't know. You're not. Unfortunately, you're not buying the actual card. So that's kind of maybe the one thing that I would I would steer away from. Not really. I, I don't know. I guess it's if, if, if this is your first card, I wouldn't do it. But if, if like you have, let's say you've been buying cards for a year, you, I don't know, if, if you like cards or you've been buying cards and you have a bunch of them, but you just want to, you want to diversify a little bit in a way that's an innovation, that going with the $80 a share, I think is a little bit enticing. I think they, Rally is another one that does that, but I think, and they did the, I'm pretty sure they did the first edition PSA 10 set, if I'm not mistaken. I, I think they did. I'm pretty sure they did. Uh, all the 151 original first edition Pokemon PSA 10, I'm pretty sure Rally had a full set of those cards. So the the IPO example, it's it's probably something that I could imagine people not liking the concept. I could see people being a little bit like, like what, like, like thinking the concept is almost like not like selling out, but like it's just not it's not natural for sports cards. Like, because the the inv- people who don't like the word investor don't also are the people that don't like when you compare the stock market to sports cards. Even though there's countless examples of the, of returns on the top fifty sports cards beating the returns of the top fifty companies in the world, the S&P 500, or 500 sports cards, 500 companies, whatever. Even though there's tons of examples of that happening, people don't like when you compare the two, which is fine. I understand, like, if you're in a, if you're in an industry that is, if you're in an industry like stocks, and you're a stock trader, and someone is just like, yeah, sports cards, that's like it, you're going to be like, uh, no, it's not. Like, that's, that's not true. I could see why that would be annoying for somebody who is into that industry who, maybe was in sports and they're like, they want to get out of it or whatever. I, I'm not going to make uh, judgments here, but I think this IPO of these vintage cards or of these high-value modern cards, I think is going to be probably something we see more of because I think what's going to happen is that you're going to see, like right now, for the most part, at least that we know of, we're seeing people are buying these cards. It's not really companies that are trying to make money. It's people who are buying the cards. I think once we get to a point where, I think we'll eventually get to a point where large companies are the ones buying these like extremely, like the Mike Trout Superfractor, for example. Like a company is going to be buying that as an asset to their company, a sports company or anybody. I don't think it's, I think we're going to, we're going to see more of that in the future, which is another example that I think people may not like, but I just think that's the reality of what has happened. 
and the reality of where the market has really gone in the past year, two years, three years, kind of depending on when you want to start start your timeline of when this has all happened, we probably will see more companies getting involved, whether that's buying cards or getting involved in the industry. And right now, I think we're just seeing a lot of like independent companies, like independent sports card companies and independent people creating content and uh, buying cards. And I think we're going to see kind of a shift where, like I just said, companies and richer people are going to be buying these cards as assets, less as they're not buying a card. They're not viewing it as a card at all. They're viewing it as a piece. They're viewing it as a money-making asset that they can use to do what I just said, make money. And the IPO, I think, is an example kind of of that. And I think because another, we're seeing a ton of different uh, web like tools within the sports card industry. And that's it's a great thing. I think it's 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 great. But we'll see we'll see in the future where kind of everything goes. And I think the IPO could it, I think especially at the $80 a share, it's not like super crazy and I think it's something that maybe you could try, but I don't know, you know, it's I think it's a cool concept and I'm still learning more about it. So we'll see kind of maybe my opinions change on that, but those are the main couple things I want to talk about on this episode. Uh, and that is all I've got. So I want to thank you all for listening. Thank you for subscribing on iTunes. Leave a review if you want to. Thank you for following on all the socials, everyone. I will see you in the next episode.